What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Thursday, it's time to go game by game, talk about the players I'd be starting and sitting this week. First up, we've got the Thursday night game, which should be a really good one. A lot of times island games are not good. It should be a fun one tonight. Lions at Packers, 46 point total, close spread. Lions, one and a half point road favorites. I've seen that line move in either direction. For the Lions, uh, first Montgomery is gonna play, then he's not gonna play, now he's gonna play, who knows? Pretty sure David Montgomery is playing tonight, but obviously confirm that. Um, assuming he's good to go, and assuming no future report comes out that he's like limited in touches, I'm thinking we just project him normal. This will be a normal workload. I think he was kind of close to returning this last week, but they were like, hey, we're playing on Thursday. Hold him out and have him return on Thursday night. So he should handle a decent amount of the early down workload, but... As we've seen so far, limited in the passing game. Now, I want to say with that, his projection is not going to be as high because first game, he's like a zero in the passing game. Second game, he gets injured. He had the one reception, but he gets injured. So it's like we have basically like one and a half games right now where he has one reception. So we kind of have to project almost no role. But we know that he's still a player that's fully capable of being involved in the passing game. So I'm excited to hopefully see a few targets for him this week. Hopefully not at the expense of Jameer Gibbs, but... We will see. Uh, the matchup is definitely a good one. The Packers are more attackable on the ground than through the air. So I think you're starting both of them. I'd say Montgomery is definitely a lower end running back too, but normal running back two play for Gibbs, low end running back two for Montgomery, as we talked about all summer, basically. These two are going to be having like a very large portion of the offense, especially until they have Jameson Williams back. And so even though, you know, it's two running backs on one team, they're going to have a lot of touches. I think you're playing both them as running back twos. Please do not play them in the flex. As always, doesn't really shouldn't need a reminder. Uh, don't play anyone in the flex. If you're going to play Dave Montgomery tonight, don't be like, well, I don't want to play running back two. I'll play in the flex. Like you're playing a running back. Put them in the running back spot. Just gives you more flexibility. Maybe you have a better running back. That's fine. Come Sunday, if you still want to play that player, you can put them into the flex. It doesn't matter for scoring. Please do not play anyone in the flex unless you entire team is on, uh, like all your running backs and wide receivers are playing in this game. For everyone else, um, relatively straightforward. We know we're starting uh, St. Brown. I think Laporta at this point is a must start. Um, he's got at least five receptions in every single game. He's the tight end two right now in half PPR scoring. Like honestly, unless you've got, you know, a Kelsey and Andrews, like a Hawkinson. And if you do make a trade because you've already got Laporta, like, and you're just playing Sam Laporta. Um, and then Goff, quality streaming options, a number of quarterbacks I'll talk about that are all going to be projected within like a point of each other. That quarterback, like 10 through 15 range. He's the quarterback 14 right now. I typically don't love playing quarterbacks on the Thursday night game just because it's sometimes a stinker. Like sometimes we look at it and it's like, you know, this is going to be a great game. And then it ends up being, you know, 13 to 16. And we're like, what the heck? Um, but projects pretty well. Should be a decent play. If you got to play him, play him. For the Packers, uh, Aaron Jones and Christian Watson are expected to play. Uh, the Lions are a plus matchup for every position except for running back where they're a very negative matchup. Uh, the Packers... Don't have any must starts, but Love is in that same range. He's the quarterback 12 right now. Um, he's a decent streaming option. Musgrave has been getting good volume. He's the tight end 8 right now in my rankings. Decent play if you have to go there. Uh, and then both Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, fine to play as low and running back twos. But again, the matchup is toughest for them. Dillon was already inefficient. 
already wasn't getting like a monster workload even with Aaron Jones out. And so with Jones back, he's going to get even fewer touches in a bad matchup. So I'd bench him if he can. And honestly, I'd probably bench Aaron Jones as well. They did talk a little bit about, you know, kind of bringing Watson and Jones on slowly. So I'm not expecting a full snap share from Jones or at least full from like what he would normally project at. And so given the matchup, given that, my preference would be if you have someone else to bench them. Um, for the wide receivers, they're all kind of in the same range of fine. Uh, Reed, Watson, Dobbs is ranked 41st, 42nd, and 44th. So they're all in that general range of you probably have someone better, but if you're in a 12-team league, it's a three-wide receiver league, it's a two-flex league, maybe they kind of squeak into that you know, third-wide receiver spot into that flex spot. Uh, Watson will be number one when he's back, but again, this is the first week. Um, they're going to bring him on slowly. I just wouldn't really want to play him, and then I wouldn't really want to play Reed or uh, Dobbs because we don't really know what this rotation is going to be, what the target share is going to be when all these players are back. So again, general thought for the Packers, probably don't want to play a lot of them, but love find a stream. Musgrave as well. Uh, next up, we've got the London game this week. Please take note that there is a 9.30 Eastern kickoff. If you live on the West Coast, that is 6.30 for you. Set the lineup the night before. Uh, that's going to be Falcons at Jaguars. Total set at 43.5. Jaguars, three-point home favorites. It kind of is home for them, though. Again, they always play there. Um, for the Falcons, Bijan is the only must-start. Um, it would be neat if they decided to use Drake London but he's only 53rd in expected fantasy points per game. Like, he's not getting super unlucky. The volume is just not there. Uh, so, not a fantastic start, honestly. Uh, and expected points per game, he's behind Tyler Boyd, Mingo, Rasheed Rice, Darius Slayton, and Justin Watson. Justin Watson has more expected fantasy points per game than Drake London. So, again, not getting unlucky, just not getting a lot of volume. Uh, Pitts is a better play since tight end is such a thin position. So, anyone seeing volume is viable. He's eighth in expected points per game. So, he is getting okay volume for a tight end. Um, the Jaguars are also a really good matchup for tight ends. And I do expect his yards perception and catch rate to increase over time. It's a little bit low right now. I think over time those go up. So, if you have Pitts, I would play him this week. Uh, and I would not start any other Falcons player. You're starting Bijan, you're starting Pitts. I wouldn't start anyone else. For the Jaguars side, um, a lot of the players project pretty well. Um, they're favored to win this week. I think over time, they're going to produce much better than they have over the last two weeks. So I think you're playing Trevor Lawrence. I think you're playing Calvin Ridley every week. You're playing Travis Etienne. Uh, unfortunate for Etienne rosters that like Tank Bigsby isn't really being used at all until they get right inside like the five-yard line. They're bringing Tank onto the field. He's taking those rushing touchdowns away. So unfortunately, you have Etienne, but the volume is still good enough to where it's like, that's really all that Tank is taking right now. So Etienne's still a strong play. Again, Calvin Ridley, you're playing him every week. Um, I haven't seen the final status on Zay Jones yet, but if Zay Jones were to return, that would obviously be a negative for Christian Kirk. If Zay Jones is out, positive for Christian Kirk. We kind of have to just watch that situation. And then Evan Ingram actually projects really, really well this week. Um, I kind of have to bump him down. I think in the first-round projections, he was like the tight end two. I don't have him ranked to the tight end two. I won't have that ranked long-term, but he projects really well this week. If you have Evan Ingram, i play him. Kicking off the 1 o'clock games, we've got Bengals at Titans. Low, 41-point total. Bengals, 2.5-point road favorites. 
For the Bengals, uh, they did a little bit better last week. It still wasn't great, but it was like a step in the right direction. Um, Burrow just looked like he could barely move out there, and that's obviously going to impact the offense if he's just like limping outside the pocket. Uh, it's a smash spot, though, for the passing attack, uh, and it's possible the plays increase as well whenever you get into spots where you're throwing more. That leads to more incompletions. You know, if you're running the ball more, the clock keeps going. Passing it more, the clock has more opportunities to stop, and so you get more plays overall. Also, passing is more efficient, and so you might score at a higher rate. It's just good for play volume. Uh, no one runs on the Titans. That's basically why you can't, or why you're going to lean pass heavy, is that anyone who tries basically fails. Um, we had a good game from Jerome Ford last week. But that was because he scored two touchdowns. He still did absolutely nothing on the ground. Um, number one in yards per carry this season. Number one in yards per carry last season. Titans defense. It's not a fluke. It's going to continue. You don't want to run on them. So that's why we're looking at elevated pass numbers for the Bengals. You can play Joe Mixon if you need to. But again, understand like if Joe Mixon is going to be a good play this week, he has to score a touchdown. So don't be upset if he goes out there and has like 15 carries for 39 yards and no touchdowns and be like, what the heck? What is Joe Mixon doing? Again, it's just a matchup. Uh, definitely start Chase. Definitely start Higgins. I know Higgins has been terrible in weeks one and three. But again, dream matchup. You basically have to play him. Uh, Burrow. More up in the air with his health, like, and the fact that the game environment itself is, like, not that great. I'm not expecting this game to really, like, pop off, be a back-and-forth affair. So even if they're leaning pass-heavy, it's not like I think the Bengals go out there and score 30, and I don't think the Titans are doing that on the other side. So given that you likely benched him last week, as long as you didn't drop whoever you started and you feel okay with that quarterback, I'd probably roll with them one more week, get Burrow a little bit more healthy. Hopefully he does go out there. Looks amazing, drops 30, you can use him moving forward. I don't think that happens, though. I want to see him play a little bit healthy, a little bit healthier at least, before starting him. The Titans, uh, Derrick Henry's been bad, and he's losing snaps to Tajay Spears, but he still ranks 18th in fantasy points. Uh, he's also 18th in expected fantasy points, so he's been a low-end running back, too. He's also a very boom-bust option. Um, you basically have to play him. Like, you could never really consider benching Henry unless he's getting less than 10 carries a game because we all know he could have 200 rushing yards at any point. It's also a winnable game for the Titans. We know the splits are there with Derrick Henry. Great in wins, terrible in losses. If they can pull out a win here, he should have a good game. So I'd play Henry. Other than that, I'd leave him alone. Uh, Hopkins is 40th in expected points per game. Brooks is 67th. Chig is 38th among tight ends. Uh, you can play Hopkins as like a low-end flex option, maybe in a full PPR league as your wide receiver three, uh, but the passing offense has been rough. And even though it's a good matchup for the wide receivers, I'm projecting 1.3 total offensive touchdowns for the Titans uh, on less than 60 plays run. That's not just an environment where you're expecting a lot of fantasy points. Next up, we've got the Broncos at the Bears. Uh, a gross one in real life football perspective, but for fantasy, could be decent. Two awful defenses going at it. Um, we could just see elevated production because of that. Two offenses that have kind of struggled to get things going, but if you're playing an easy defense on both sides, we could see a back and forth affair. Uh, average total at 46 points, but again, that's like an average, right? They're saying half the time the total is going to be above 46, half below. We could see a game where it hits 60 points. We could also see a game given these two teams where it's in the 30s, but there's upside in this game. And also close spread, Broncos three and a half point road favorites. There won't be very many close spreads for the uh, Bears this season. For the Broncos, um, the Bears are 
a great matchup for running backs. Um, basically, they are to running backs what the Titans are to wide receivers. Wide receivers against the Titans are just going to see elevated volume because that's how you attack them. For the Bears, you attack them with running backs. Running backs are going to see elevated volume. Um, it's just a great spot for Jamonta Williams. He has not been great, but the matchup is pristine. Uh, the volume has been there. He's 36 and expected fantasy points per game. As I've said before, he should be getting healthier every week, feeling more confident in the knee every single week. Um, no one thought he was going to start the season active. And so given that through three weeks, he's averaging 12 carries and four targets per game, that is very, very impressive. Great matchup, potential breakout spot for Javonta Williams. I have him ranked right now. I think it's a running back 11, but it's a low end running back one, high end running back two. I would definitely play him if you have him. For the rest of Denver, fine. Um, Piran has that same matchup, but his volume isn't as good. Uh, he's only running back three. You don't really need to play him this week. Judy and Sutton, definitely fine. Uh, they're seeing decent volume. Uh, the matchup is obviously, again, better for running backs, but it's not bad against wide receivers. Like, the Bears are just not a very good defense overall. They're my wide receivers 29 and 30 right now, so completely fine to use as either a low-end wide receiver two or in your flex spot, your second flex spot. Like, all those spots, totally fine to play either Judy or Sutton. Only other Bronco you're really looking at is Russell Wilson, at least until they increase the volume for Marvin Mims. Marvin Mims is going to be really good. Uh, once they give him, like, a full snapshot or at least play him in all in 11 personnel sets, like, He's going to be good. We're still stashing him, uh, but you just can't really rely on the volume right now. He's playing like 15 snaps. Um, but Wilson, he, he's been good this season. He's eighth in scoring. Uh, Denver projects for 3.08 touchdowns on offense this week. Um, really good ceiling for Russell Wilson. They could come on the ground. You could see Javonta Williams have two rushing touchdowns. Piran have one and Wilson stink. But you could see the reverse. Like Russell Wilson go out there and have three or four touchdowns this week. And he's a good play. For the Bears, uh, Denver just gave up 10 touchdowns last week, so obviously we're in a good spot here. Eight of them went to running backs, and so, you know, running backs are looking pretty solid. Um, the Bears are significantly worse than the Dolphins, though, um, but any defense that allows 10 touchdowns should be considered attackable. Unfortunately, all of DJ Moore, Herbert, Roshan, Comment, they're all averaging less than nine and a half expected fantasy points per game. So understand that by playing them, you're doing so because of the matchup, not because of what we've seen in the past, not because of the volume they're receiving each week. That's a little scary because a week ago, Denver would have been considered a good matchup, right? We didn't think they were good defense. Now it's considered a smash spot because of what the Dolphins did. But again, the Dolphins are one of the best teams in the league on offense. The Bears are not. They're one of the worst. And so the Bears might just not take advantage of this matchup. And if you're playing people because of the matchup, we can get into a sticky situation there. So I'm calling them all fringe plays this week, uh, players that I would be perfectly willing to start. I'll be fine starting anyone I just listed, but I wouldn't bench people I've been rolling with. You can bench players that like, you know, you're just fed up with. They're not producing anything. You don't want to start them. Fine. I wouldn't move someone out of my starting lineup to play these Bears players if I've been rolling with them all season and they've been producing. Herbert is my running back 30. Roshan's 33rd. DJ Moore is my wide receiver 32. Um, that's just giving you a general sense of where I value them right now. Again, that's factoring in the matchup. Uh, Fields, in my opinion, is the best play. He's only 21st in points right now for fantasy, but he's 12th and expected, so, you know, been underproducing a little bit from what we should expect over time. He's at home. Um, and doesn't it just feel like he's going to break out soon? Like, I know that the the play calling has been bad, 
Uh, the design runs have been down from where they were last season. He's going to have an explosion soon. This feels like a pretty decent spot for that to happen. I don't know that he's going to be a top five quarterback this season, but I think he's going to have a good game. I think he's going to have a lot of rushing yards in this spot. He's going to have a week soon where he has 100 rushing yards and a touchdown. I'm not saying this is the week, but it definitely could be. I think if you drafted Fields in like round five or six, you've been streaming someone and you're not in love with that other option, I think it's a good spot for Fields. I'd play him. Ravens at Browns is up next. This game has a very low 40.5 point total since both defenses are really good. Both offenses have struggled at times, and the Browns are three-point home favorites. For the Ravens, this is a really, really bad matchup on the road uh, against an elite Browns defense, and it's especially bad because of all these injuries. Odell and Bateman are banged up at wide receiver. Dobbins done for the season. Gus has a concussion. Hill has that toe injury. Melvin Gordon is basically dust at this point. Uh, things got so bad last week that I switched to the game, and I'm like, why on earth is Melvin Gordon getting all these touches? Is Nelson Aguilar like their number one wide receiver? You know, you're trying to win a game in overtime in 2023 with Melvin Gordon and Nelson Aguilar. That's not going to go well, right? But it's because of all these injuries. Uh, we'll see who's practicing come Friday, come Saturday. We'll get the report Sunday morning and see where to go from there. But honestly, just given the matchup, um, I have interest in Lamar because he's Lamar. He can go off in any spot. Uh, and then I have interest in Flowers as like a low-end wide receiver too, although the matchup again is brutal. And if you have someone else, I would be still fine benching him. Um, and I have interest obviously in Mark Andrews. I don't think you're benching Andrews unless you somehow have like Kelsey or Hawkinson with Andrews. Again, if you fall into that bucket, like with Sam Laporta, please make a trade. Um, but yeah, you're starting Lamar, you're starting Andrews. I think you're starting Flowers if you need them. But other than that, I don't care who's playing at running back on this team. Like, I just don't want to play any of them this week. For the Browns, um, also a very, very bad matchup, though they're at home, they're favorites, so that definitely helps. Um, Baltimore has a really, really, really strong run defense, so it's a tough, you know, back-to-back -back time with Ford. Brutal matchup last week. Brutal matchup this week. Um, it's also like this is just a game environment that's very likely to set up to being back and forth, but with like field goals with a touchdown here and there. I'm not expecting, you know, eight touchdowns to be scored in this game. Like we're probably not going to see very many on uh, unlikely either side hits for very many long plays. And so play volume could be down as well. So my interest is sort of muted in this spot in a lot of the players on this team. I think the Browns are only really considering uh, Amari Cooper, uh, Jerome Ford, and Elijah Moore. Cooper, mid-range wide receiver two. Elijah Moore, more of a low end, more of a flex option. Like Moore should be played at like the wide receiver three spot in the flex this week. Uh, and definitely better in full PPR leagues than in half PPR. I will say this. The target share is there. Like The targets are there for Elijah Moore. The touchdowns have not been there. Uh, the yards perception has not been there. He's going to bust a longer play soon. He's going to get a target deeper downfield soon. He's going to score a touchdown soon. So I think the production is coming for Elijah Moore. But again, the volume is there for him. And then Jerome Ford, um, low end running back two this week. Uh, again, had a good game last week. It was linked to two touchdowns, right? He had 1.8 yards per carry. He had only two receptions. He just got lucky that one of those receptions was a touchdown, got the short touchdown on the ground. Matchup not great for him again this week, but at least better than last week. Uh, but again, any running back getting volume is kind of worth starting in fantasy. Play him as like a low-end running back too. Uh, but again, don't expect an explosion. Next up, we've got Commanders at Eagles. This game has a 43.5 point total. Eagles, 8.5 point home favorites. The Commanders. 
not much. Uh, the top four projected players in this game, all of them are Eagles, and that's kind of embarrassing when usually quarterbacks are at the top of scoring there. Um, Brian Robinson is really the only one that grades out as an okay play. McLaurin, Dotson, they're just seeing such little volume, and the volume they do get isn't very high upside. I would bench both of them, all the tight ends, Sam Howell and Antonio Gibson this week. Brian Robinson is been running back 31 right now, so depends on what you have there. But this is the fifth worst matchup proposing running backs. The game script favors Antonio Gibson and not Brian Robinson. We project Robinson better when they're winning. They're not going to win this week. And so I would I would really just bench every single commander. Um, then for the Eagles, just start the studs, right? You're starting Jalen Hurts, Devonta Smith, uh, A.J. Brown. It's a bad spot for everyone. The commander's also very good defense. At least the Eagles are at home. Um, you're starting all of them. I think you're starting DeAndre Swift as well. And you're starting Dallas Goddard. Like just basically just start their starting offense, uh, which again includes DeAndre Swift. Now you're not playing Gainwell. It's the Eagles. Like you just got to start that offense. And they're going to be better. Like they haven't scored uh, as many as we're expecting them to score this season. Another bad matchup. Like they're having some difficult opponents they're playing, but the production is going to come for them. Um, not everyone's going off, but it's the Eagles. Again, you just got to start them. Vikings at Panthers is up next. 45 and a half point total. Vikings, four and a half point road favorites. For the Vikings, uh, the offense is just so condensed that the breakdown is basically the same every single week. Jefferson, Cousins, Hawkinson, you have to play them every week. Madison is a strong play at running back too, and then Addison can be play, played in the flex spot right now. Uh, Madison is actually second in expected points per game right now, and while that's absolutely coming down, it highlights how much volume and how good the volume is for him. He gets really, really high upside touches because the offense is so good and because they're going to use him in the red zone. So he's got a lot of weekly upside, you know, until they actually start using another running back more, which maybe is Cam Akers. Maybe it happens this week, but until we see it happen, just keep playing Madison. Uh, and then for Addison, uh, he's only 42nd in expected fantasy points per game. So he's getting a little bit lucky with some of the touchdowns that he's had, but snap share going up 56%, 69%, 71% last week. That's going to keep going up. I would feel pretty good about playing from the flex spot every week now. Then for the Panthers, um, my guess is that Dalton starts again, but we'll have to see again. Dalton is better for the offense right now. Bryce Young will be good long-term. He's a rookie quarterback that's just struggling right now. Not all his fault because not many people are getting open, but Dalton is probably the person you want if you're trying to start fantasy players on this team. Um, but unsurprisingly, there's not very many great options for this offense. You're only really considering Miles Sanders and Adam Thielen. Uh, Sanders is the running back 13 uh, this week in my rankings, of course. Uh, and just basically volume-based, like he's getting a ton of volume. He's getting good work in the receiving game. Um, could absolutely bust, as we've seen. But the potential is there for a really good game. And also the potential is there in this spot, like, the Vikings at any point could put together like three consecutive touchdown drives. And it, so we could get a spot where like they need to be playing from behind. Sanders racks up four or five receptions. Um, they need to play a little bit faster. Play volume goes up. Like we could see a back and forth game a little bit there. There's limitations on the Panthers side for how much they can really do on offense. But if they do anything, it's through Sanders and it's through Thielen. So I think you're playing Sanders. Uh, and Thielen, he's 32nd expected fantasy points per game. He's my wide receiver 28 on the week. It's a pseudo-revenge game for him against his former team. Um, he's been really good recently. He's playing every passing snap. He's the number one option. Like, Vikings are the number one matchup for opposing wide receivers. Like, everything sets up for a really good week from Adam Thielen. 
I'd play him and Sanders. Next up, we've got probably the best game of the week, Dolphins at Bills, uh, highest total game at least at 54 points, Bills, three-point home favorites. For the Dolphins, Waddle is expected to play, so start him, start Tyreek Hill, uh, and then Mostert and A-Chain combined. For 375 yards and eight touchdowns last week. Those are Madden numbers. You do not see that in the NFL. Um, that's a total from a backfield that we might not see for like years. Like not even this season. 375 yards and eight touchdowns we might not see for years. And I only included two. There was other running backs that got involved. I only included those two in that. Uh, that's that. Matchup is obviously not as good as last week. Um, they are road underdogs. They're against an elite Bills defense. But I don't know. I mean, it's tough to like watch that game and then the following week not play those running backs at at least the running back two spot. Like at minimum, I just think you gotta find a way to get them onto rosters. They could fail. I don't think the offense can really fail, but like the touchdowns could just all come through the air. They could score three touchdowns this week. All of them are passing. The running backs kind of split what 12 to 15 touches each, and neither one of them goes off. I just think, given the level of upside we saw from them last week, given that most of the touches are coming from those two, I don't know. I think you just play Mostert and you play HA in this week. Um, only other player you're looking at is Tua. He's my quarterback 13 right now, so a good option. Honestly, though, I could see that moving up. He's six in expected points per game, third in actual points per game. Um, even with the bad matchup, I feel like 13th is a little bit too low, so I wouldn't be surprised if I found a way to project him closer to like that eight or nine range. Uh, so, again, I think if you have Tua, playing because again it's, it's a great spot high total we could see buffalo really excel here and we know that if miami gets down we're going to see some big passing numbers from tua so again good spot i play for the bills uh allen Diggs obviously play them every week uh james cook continues to play really great it's unfortunate that he's just never going to get a goal line touch and so the touchdown upside is capped you're going to look at fantasy production in a few weeks you're going to see him amongst the leaders and you're gonna be like wait with zero touchdowns, like he, he's producing in fantasy. He's just the touchdown upside is so limited. But even factoring that in, he's 11th in expected fantasy points per game, 14th in actual. So he's producing fantasy points. He has a high expectation, even not giving him those red zone touches. If they ever come, he's going to be a smash. But even if they don't, he's a good play. Uh, the spot is totally fine. I think you play him um, outside of him. Always in play, right? Gabe Davis is always in play. We saw last week catch the touchdown. It was his only catch, right? The like 34, 35-yard touchdown he caught. That You just have to know that. You have to know that Gabe Davis could score zero. He could score 30. Both of those things are absolutely possible. So you can't be upset putting him in the flex spot, the second flex spot, third wide receiver spot, and seeing him have zero. You got to know that that's an absolute possibility. In a spot like this, 54-point total, potential back and forth against a really good team. The Bills are not going to be able to sit in a lead and do nothing. It is the type of game where Gabe Davis could put together four receptions for 122 touchdowns. So if there's a choice between him and someone else, my lean probably is towards playing Gabe Davis. Uh, but again, don't be upset if he does absolutely nothing. Uh, and then honestly, Kincaid's fine. Miami's the fifth best matchup for opposing tight ends. Uh, he's a quality option. Didn't go off last week, but they won by what? It was like 34 to three or something like that. Like, of, of course, he's not going to do great if he didn't score one of those touchdowns. They didn't have to do anything in the second half of the game. Um, better matchup this week. He's going to be involved a little bit more every week. I think you're totally fine playing him. Um, Steelers at Texans up next. 
42 and a half point total. Steelers, three point road favorites. For the Steelers, um, bad matchup for everyone except for the running backs. So Texans have a good defense, but not on the ground. And so teams look at that and they're like, well, why would we throw it then? We're going to run it. See elevated rushing rates. You see decrease in passing rates. You see decrease in efficiency as well to pass catchers. So again, bad spot for wide receivers and tight ends. You're not playing Pickett. Um, I think you're still playing George Pickens. He's been great without Deontay Johnson. He's a great wide receiver. I think keep playing him. Um, but again, not a good matchup, but play him. For the running backs, really, really good spot. I would probably play both of them as low-end running back twos. Volume has certainly not been on their side so far. We've seen some very low-volume games from Najee and Warren. But even given how bad the offensive line has played, Houston is a great matchup. This is a very winnable game for Pittsburgh. If they can get up, if they can lean on these running backs, we could see really good numbers. And both are still talented. I trash on Najee a lot of the time. Najee's still talented. We all know I love Jalen Warren. He's very talented. They're good players, and so in a good spot, I think you roll with them. I think you play them. Then for the Texans, Nico, Tank, and Pierce all grayed out as fine. Nico is a wide receiver 26. Dell, wide receiver 35, better in full PPR. Uh, Pierce is my wide receiver, my running back, 32. So it comes down to what you have if you're playing those three. Honestly, I wouldn't feel awful playing any of them. But I also don't see any of them going off. I don't think this is a game where we see 120 score from any of these players, whether that's on the ground or through the air. And so if you're in a spot where you've got someone on the other side, let's say it's Gabe Davis. You've got Gabe Davis and Nico Collins. Nico Collins is 1,000% going to project better in every single projection format than Gabe Davis. But... If you're looking for a little bit of upside, I don't think Nico Collins has a ton of upside this week. I think Gabe Davis could have 122 touchdowns. On average, you simulated 100 times. I would say 60, 65% of the time, Nico Collins scores more points. But when he's scoring more points, he's beating him like 10 to 3. Whereas Gabe could have those weeks where he scores 30 and Nico scores 10 again. So... It's up to you which one you favor, but the upside I don't think is there from Texans players this week. Next up, we've got Rams at Colts. Um, game kind of excited to see. Fairly high 47-point total, at least fairly high in today's NFL. And then Colts currently half a point home favorites, basically a pick em. For the Rams, uh, this offense is incredibly condensed. So my advice is the same as last week. You're starting Kyron, you're starting Puka, you're starting Tutu, you're benching everyone else. Kyron is playing every single snap. That is incredible. It's 95% week two, 100% last week. Puka Tutu playing virtually every snap, playing all of these passing snaps. They're seeing elite volume again. Until Cup returns, that's the advice for the offense. I don't care who they're playing. Start those three. It's, it's a terrible matchup for Kyron again. He might not have a good game, but he's playing 100% of the snaps. He can lock into a touchdown. He can have a few receptions, get good yards on the ground, like 100% of the snaps. You play anyone getting 100% of the snaps as a running back. For the Colts, uh, I'm expecting Richardson back. That's how I'm going to break this down. He should be back this week. That will help the upside of this offense. Um, all of Richardson, Pittman, and Moss are must-starts. Again, assuming Richardson is out there. Uh, Downs, perfectly fine to play in a full PPR league. Uh, he's someone that I have stashed in my hometown league. I'm not playing him this week. Number one, it's half PPR. Number two, I just have better options right now. But I don't think the spike in target is a fluke. I think he's going to have a lot of targets this season. They'll be kind of low dot, which is why I said better in full PPR. Those type of players are just better in that format. 
But I think he's someone we should be stashing. Again, don't think he's a must-start. If you had to, you're in a 12 or 14 team league, wide receiver three, second flex spot. You're like, Nick, I got to play Josh Downs this week. I don't think he's going to be like horrible. I think he's going to have a solid game, and so you can definitely play him. Um, but again, we're, we're looking at the uh, the high end here. We're looking at Richardson. We're looking at Pittman. We're looking at Moss. I'm just excited about this game because a lot of the volume for both these offenses, like Indy is not nearly as condensed as the Rams are. Both of these teams are willing to play fast. Both of these teams are willing to throw the ball at a high rate. Both of these teams have like okay defenses, but not defenses that you're terrified of. And both offenses, we kind of know where the volume is going through. So probably going to have this game as the 21 pick uh, for the underdog video that comes out on Saturday. But also think about it for season long, right? That's why you can watch that video still if you're in just a season long league. Thinking about the outcome of this game, we could see a lot of plays. We could see back and forth. We could see very, very condensed offenses. And so if the game really plays out in the way we're thinking, and there's a lot of plays and a lot of touchdowns, not that many players are getting these touchdowns. So you kind of want to be playing players in this game as a tiebreaker. Next up, we've got Bucks at Saints low, four and a half point total, Saints three and a half point home favorites for the Bucks. Uh, Evans is the only must start. White is a fine play. Godwin is a fine play as well. White's been running back 27. Godwin, wide receiver, 31. The Saints do have an elite defense. The Saints are at home, and that's a really tough place for opposing teams to play. White is seeing really strong volume, though. He's a running back 14 expected fantasy points through three weeks. He's only 21st in actual fantasy points, though, thanks to 3.1 yards per carry. I'd be more concerned about his future if, like, so I was concerned about Sean Tucker this offseason, right? I was like, Sean Tucker could honestly be pretty good. I know he's undrafted, but he could be a good player. I'd be more concerned if Tucker was averaging like four, four and a half yards per carry right now. Tucker's averaging 1.5 yards per carry. Chase Edmonds is on the IR. So it's like, yes, White's not producing that amazingly, but what are you going to, right? No one in this backfield is stepping up really because the blocking has been so bad and the offense isn't amazing. But the point is, I'd be more concerned that White would lose this volume if there was someone behind him that was challenging him for these touches. That really hasn't happened. And so... I think you just keep playing Rashad White for the time being. Uh, and then Godwin, again, I said he's a fine play. He's only 41st in expected fantasy points per game because his ADOT is so low. He's my wide receiver 31 this week. Again, that's fine, but it just depends on what else you have. For the Saints, Kamara's back. This going to be a big help to the offense. They really need that. Uh, Tampa Bay is a pass funnel, but Winston's the quarterback now with the injury to Derek Carr. And so, you know, they're not going to lean too pass heavy. Uh, Olave's a must start. Kamara's a very strong start. I think if you have Kamara, you're probably playing him. Uh, Michael Thomas is actually a pretty decent play in the flex spot. He's 20th in expected points per game. He's got eight, nine, and nine targets through three games. He just hasn't scored yet, but he's tied for eighth in targets inside the 10 yard line, fifth in red zone targets. So, like, the targets are there. The red zone and end zone targets are there. Just hasn't converted yet. I think he will eventually. Um, we'll see how Kamara impacts his target share, but the volume has been good enough for Michael Thomas. So, like, I would not feel bad about playing him this week. Four o'clock games kick off with Raiders at Chargers. Should be a really good game. Uh, this game has a 48.5 point total, so I believe that's the second highest total of the week. Chargers, 5.5 point home favorites. For the Raiders, Adams, Jacobs, Myers, all weekly must starts. I do not care who they are playing whenever we have these offenses. 
where virtually all of the volume is going to only three players. You have to play those three players, start all three. Um, and also the Chargers have very much underperformed on defense this season. So they're not someone we're fearing. For the Chargers, um, Herbert, Keenan Allen, must starts. Eckler is too. If he plays, keep an eye on that status. We don't know yet what's going to happen there. Um, the only questions on this team are what you do with Joshua Kelly if Eckler is out, and then what you do with Palmer or Quentin Johnston. Uh, the Raiders are a very plus matchup for running backs. And so after two negative matchups in a row, I know people are really down on Joshua Kelly. If Eckler does not play, I have Kelly in two leagues. I will be playing Joshua Kelly. I think you should as well. If Eckler is back, definitely do not play Joshua Kelly. As for Palmer and Quentin Johnston, um, it's really tough to know, but the matchup is good. Herbert is also very, very good. And so if you have to play them at wide receiver three in the second flex spot, I think that's fine. I don't think you play any of them at wide receiver two or either of them at wide receiver two. I don't think you play them in the flex spot. Um, my guess is that they use Palmer in wide receiver two sets for like another month or so, and then they slowly transition into Quentin Johnston, but that just depends on how well Quentin Johnston is going to play. I think in the short term, Palmer is going to see more targets, but he's been bad, and then Quentin Johnston is more explosive. So they're going to project very, very similarly. Also, you're not forcing them really into lineups because, I mean, right now I have them ranked 43rd and 48th. I could see them finishing higher if I do the projections again. Um, maybe they could finish around the wide receiver 40, wide receiver like 37 sort of range. But again, I'm not forcing them into lineups because Mike Williams is leaving behind 8.7 targets. Even if we said 100% of those targets goes to those two, which they won't, they will be distributed to other wide receivers, they will go to running backs, they will go to tight ends. These two might only see two to three more targets, and you weren't really considering starting them before. Adding on two or three targets doesn't change a whole lot. It helps, and it gives them more upside because they'll be on the field more. But it doesn't make them must-start. So I would definitely prefer to keep them on the bench to see what happens this week, see what the target share is, see what the snaps are, go from there next week. Patriots at Cowboys. Up next, 43-point total, Cowboys 6.5-point home favorites. The Patriots, only player considering is Stevenson. He is a running back two this week. It's a really tough matchup, but it's a dome game, so no weather concerns, and also they should be trailing. That just sets up like a spot where we could see Stevenson rack up four, five, six. We could see him rack up seven receptions this week. Trailing script, they just like to utilize him in the receiving game when they fall behind. He's really good in that area as well. So I think he can rack up receptions. I think you're definitely playing him this week. You could play Zeke if you wanted to as a low end two, a second flex play, especially if you believe in revenge narratives. Um, I do to some degree, and I do feel like if the Patriots get inside the five-yard line and there's like a stoppage of the clock, right? It's a deep play to that point. Um, I don't know. There's a timeout or something. like, And they can make a change. I think they put Zeke in, give him the goal line carry, get him that touchdown. Will that even be enough to make him a great play? Probably not, to be completely honest. But he's not a horrible play. I think he's my wide receiver 40. Like, if you had to go there, it's not terrible. But understand, like, Zeke could literally have eight carries for 20 yards this week and scored two points. That could happen. So understand the range of outcomes. For Dallas, um, they're also in a tough spot. I mean, I know they're home. I know they're the better team and, you know, their favorites. Like everything sets up well for them to produce more than the Patriots. They're still playing a very difficult defense. We're not just jamming everyone in the lineups. Pollard, Lamb, always must starts. I don't care what the matchup is. Play them. Uh, then Dak, 
Honestly, sort of a low-end option this week. I'm a quarterback 18 right now, so if you have a different option, I'd probably roll with them. Uh, he just doesn't project very well against this defense. Ferguson, fine to stream at tight end. Uh, he's third in expected points per game this season thanks to incredible usage in the like end zone, in the red zone, the green zone. But understand that when you have a player like that, if he doesn't score a touchdown, well, he's getting those expected fantasy points because a lot of those touch or a lot of those targets are coming in scoring opportunities, right? They're coming inside the end zone, in the green zone. If he does not score a touchdown, he's not going to score many fantasy points. The flip side of that is, well, that's the same thing with every single tight end not named like Kelsey, Hawkinson, and Andrews. If a tight end does not score a touchdown, they're not going to be good in fantasy. So understand it with Ferguson, but understand it with every single tight end. He's a fine, uh, just like fringe, you know, in that like tight end 11, 12, 13, 14 general range. Uh, final four o'clock game is going to be Cardinals at 49ers, 44 point total, 49ers, 14 point home favorites. Shouldn't be a close one, but we've said that for three consecutive weeks and the Cardinals have had two close games and a win. That being said, I mean, the 49ers are such a good team. I just, I don't see it this week. Last week, we were kind of thinking maybe this is closer than we think this week. I don't know. Um, for the Cardinals though, no one projects great. They're massive road underdogs. They're playing elite defense. Also, the 49ers are a scary team to play because they can have nine or 10 minute drives in the fourth quarter and just decimate the clock. Like you could get one fourth quarter possession for the Cardinals and that really hurts fantasy upside. Um, James Conner is probably the only one considering. You could also consider uh, Marquise Brown, but James Conner, decent play because of the volume. I want to point out, Snapshare has gone from 84% to 72% to 64% last week. That's not great if it continues. We're keeping an eye on that. If they're going to start shifting more workload to these backup running backs, that is not good because he's not going to be efficient. I think you keep playing him, but keep an eye on it. And it wasn't because of blowout. Like they won last week. You would have thought that James Conner had his highest snapshot of the season in a win. It was his lowest. Uh, so you can still play him though. Uh, only other play again, Marquise Brown. My wide receiver 32 this week. He's 27th in expected fantasy points per game, so pretty solid. Um, I think you can play him in the flex. He is someone that has high weekly upside. And Dobbs is not a, a um, quarterback that's really going to chuck it deep a ton. He's, he's going to play a little bit more conservatively, and so it's not an amazing pairing. But trailing game script, explosive player, good volume. I think you can definitely play him this week. Sunday night game. Is going to be Chiefs at Jets. Low 42-point total. Chiefs 9.5-point road favorites. For the Chiefs, um, Kelsey, Mahomes, must-starts. Pacheco, fringe play. Uh, is my running back 23 right now. Um, it's a much worse matchup for the wide receivers than the running backs, but the game is still at the Jets. They're still very good defense regardless of what position you're going up against with them. Uh, and also, Kansas City does have a three-running back rotation. Pacheco is their best running back. He's the most involved, but other running backs will be used in a tough matchup on the road. So even though they're projected for a lot of points, it's not a great spot for Pacheco. Um, last week was obviously better for the running backs, um, but I'd be fine benching. Like I know all the running backs did great last week. I'd be fine benching all of them, but you can play Pacheco as like a low end too. Uh, then for the wide receivers, the matchup is really, really bad. So I honestly would bench all of them. The hope is just that one of them starts to emerge, whether that's Sky Moore, whether that's Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice looks the best. Hope he gets more snaps. Hope he gets an expanded role soon. Uh, but future weeks, you're not playing any of them this week. Uh, it's a great matchup for Kelsey to Mahomes to go off. Then for the Jets, um, if Zach Wilson is starting, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, 
low-end starting options. If any other human on the planet is starting, then they're slightly better options. My hope long-term is that they trade for a good quarterback or at least a half-decent quarterback. Um, this week, whether they play Simeon, whether they play Zach Wilson, whether they play someone else, it's probably not going to be that amazing. Um, but regardless, again, any other human on the planet other than Zach Wilson is an upgrade for Garrett Wilson and for Brees Hall, but only an upgrade to slightly better fringe plays. Final game of the week is Monday Night Football, Seahawks at Giants. Uh, 47 half point total. The line has shifted from Seahawks to Giants. It's like one point in the direction. Right now, it is Giants. For the Seahawks, Ken Walker must start. Metcalf Lockett, I don't want to say must starts, but you're probably playing both of them. Geno, perfectly fine streaming option. Um, it would be great if Seattle would use JSN more, but they're sticking to two tight end sets because number one, it's been successful. Number two, their offensive line has not been good, and so they need help blocking. JSN's not going to help with that. They need that second tight end. Long term, he'll be used more. Short term, you obviously cannot play him. Um, given that they are fourth in points per game as well, like they're scoring 27 points per game. They're not going to switch things up. They're not going to be like, oh, let's stop doing this, go to JSN. Like if they're going to keep scoring around 30 a game, they're going to keep doing what they're doing. Also, um, mentioned Lockett basically with Metcalf. I guess our general thinking is that Metcalf is better, and I project Metcalf better. Right now, worth noting, uh, Lockett is tied for third in the league with six red zone targets. I have to imagine over time, and like if you had me guess even knowing that, I would still say that Metcalf probably finished the season with more red zone targets, but Lockett's being used a lot in the red zone. He actually has more expected fantasy points per game. They're both good plays. I think you're playing both of them, but worth noting, Lockett has been really, really good this season. For the Giants, um, my guess is that Saquon plays this week, but it would certainly be nice to know that before Sunday. If we don't know that then, it's really up to you if you want to risk it or not. You kind of just have to look at the reports, play that out for yourself if you want to risk um, having him in your starting lineup and then having him not play or risking, you know, missing out on his performance this week. If he plays, play him. If he's out, it's a good matchup. Bredo would still only be like a flex option at best, but... If you have Brita, well, obviously that's good, right? Put Saquon in there. If Saquon's ruled out, play Brita. Um, but Brita obviously would be a much worse play than Saquon. You're also not starting any of their wide receivers until someone emerges there. I don't know if anyone ever will, but until a wide receiver in the Giants starts to do something consistently, you can't really do that. Maybe it will be Wandale, but again, I want to see Wandale produce for a few weeks uh, before really starting him. Uh, but Wandale, good stash, especially in PPR leagues. Um, so aside from the running backs... Um, only the two plays are Daniel Jones and Darren Waller. Daniel Jones has not been good, but he's busted twice against two elite defenses. He's done great against an average one. So it wasn't like shocking that against Dallas and San Fran, he hasn't been good. He kind of is a player like that where it's like in a good spot, he smashes in a bad spot. He flops on his face. Sometimes in bad spots, he does really well, but you know, he has highs and he has lows, right? Um, I think this week, good matchup. I would play him personally um, if you have. I don't know that I'd like go out of my way to like acquire him this week. But if you've been using him, you're like, ah, do I cut him loose? I think you play him this week. Uh, and then Waller, he also has not been amazing, but he has too much talent, too good of a role on this team to bench. Unless you like, if you added Laporta, I'd probably play Laporta over Waller. Unless you did that or unless you drafted again, uh, Andrews, Hawkinson, Kelsey, and you also have Waller, play Waller. That is it 
the breakdown this week. That is a breakdown of every single game. If you want to see my exact rankings, my exact projections, detailed projections as well for every single player, even the ones we did not talk about today, you can see it all on my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. That, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all enjoyed. If you did, how about hitting the like button and how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.